Thanks for checking out Chemistry Connections on the Hopewell Valley Student Podcasting Network, a proud partner of HVSPN.com, where students come together to publish content to share with the world. The opinions represented within this episode are those of the content creators only. Please enjoy the show. Welcome to Chemistry Connections. Our names are Samira and Hannah. And we are your hosts for episode 17, called The Chemistry Behind Coffee. Today, we will be discussing how chemistry affects the production of coffee. Coffee is indigenous to countries such as Ethiopia, Brazil, India, Vietnam, Mexico, Indonesia, and Sri Lanka. So, how was coffee found? Coffee beans came to be through a story of an Ethiopian goat herder named Kaldi. When the goats he took care of started to wander, Kaldi found them consuming red berries they had found. Kaldi then gave these berries to a local monk to find out what they were. The local monk gave these berries to religious individuals who found themselves with more energy after consuming them. This was then used to keep people from falling asleep during their evening prayers and was later found to be coffee beans. Coffee consists of beans originated from coffee arabica which actually makes up 75% of the world's production of coffee. The cultivation and trade of coffee began in the Arabian Peninsula and soon started to become popular in the homes of those in the Middle East. From the Middle East, coffee spread to other countries in the 16th century to countries such as Persia, Egypt, Syria, and Turkey. Flavored coffee was introduced when regular coffee was introduced in the mid-15th century. Middle Easterners would often blend coffee with different nuts and spices to enhance the flavor. Coffee is harvested in almost every tropical country within 1,000 miles of the equator. Out of the 70 species of coffee that exist, only three are cultivated, meaning that their beans are either raw, roasted, or whole, used for the making of coffee. During the roasting process of coffee beans, they undergo a chemical reaction, introducing about 800 compounds, a third of which make up aromatic compounds. So Hannah, how does the roasting process affect equilibrium? <clears throat> well, as the beans go into the roaster, there is a decrease in temperature with the reaction being endothermic, meaning it is absorbing energy and that energy is used to evaporate water. The Chatelier's principle is used to explain how, once a reaction is at equilibrium, it can be stressed by changing variables, in which case it is no longer at equilibrium. The reaction will shift to undo the stress placed on the reaction. We can use the Chatelier's principle to support the fact that considering there is a decrease in temperature as the beans go into the roaster, the tendency of the reaction will be to go towards the side where there is no heat, which, it was, which is the products in this case because the reaction is endothermic, meaning the heat is located on the side of the reactants. The result of this, the result of this is that the reaction will want to increase the temperature because of that disturbance to return the reaction to a state of equilibrium. The bitter taste of coffee is actually produced during this roasting process. So this means that heat and atoms have the ability to change the flavor of coffee while it's roasting, but the biggest player in the staling of coffee is oxygen. When a solution comes in contact with oxygen, it changes the molecular structure. Oxygen pulls away electrons from the other molecules, 
Since there are an uneven number of electrons, the molecules become unstable. They then begin to react with other molecules around them. And this is an example of an intermolecular force called covalent bonding. Covalent bonding occurs between polar molecules that share electrons unequally. It is also an example of an intermolecular force, which is a force that holds molecules together. And covalent bonding is one of the stronger ones. Coffee goes stale and reduces the aroma or flavor of coffee. This process doesn't have to happen with the air that's being trapped in the coffee machine, but it can happen with the water that's added to the ground coffee. Oxidation, also, oxidation occurs more at a higher temperature. This is relevant when talking about the staling of coffee because the reason behind the staling of coffee has to do with oxidation. Oxidation is the process by which oxygen loses its electrons. Uh, the oxidation is the process by which oxygen loses electrons. The oxygen reacts with the hydrogen so that water is created. The hydrogen ion by itself makes the coffee more acidic. When the water is first being added to the ground coffee, the hydrogen reacts with the oxygen and the pH of the coffee rises, making it less acidic. Many different acids actually exist in, exist in ground coffee, some of which include phosphoric acid, malic acid, and acetic acid. Acids give off their hydrogen ion in a reaction known as a hydrolysis reaction. A lower pH means a higher acidity, while a higher pH actually means a lower acidity. The pH of original coffee is between 5.0 and 5.4, so it is acidic but its acidity can even drop to 4.6 if it's kept hot for two to three hours, which is also why it's advised to drink your coffee fresh, to drink your hot coffee fresh. So Samita, what got you interested in learning more about coffee and its chemistry applications? So my family and I buy different kinds of coffee beans from Starbucks. My sister and I go to Starbucks at least twice a week so I was interested in why and how the different flavors are created with the explanation of chemistry. I found it interesting how different flavors of coffee were invented at the same time as regular coffee. Every time my sister and I go to stop and shop, we buy different flavored syrups and creamers to enhance the taste of our coffee. That's so interesting. For myself personally, knowing little about the coffee world and being an avid coffee drinker, I wanted to know, I wanted to know more about how coffee, more about coffee beans and how they were produced to become such a staple in American households. I was actually surprised to learn that 75% of the world's coffee comes from Coffee Arabia and originated in the Middle East. Along with this, there was a topic that both me and you were passionate about so we could both be interested in learning more about coffee, its background, and its chemical aspects. This topic is important to us because it's something that most people consume many times every day. It's important that people know what they are consuming. Chemistry is all about explaining how the world around us works and learning about all chemistry of coffee is one way to bring together the chemistry we have learned this year and apply it to our everyday lives. Thank you for listening to this episode of Chemistry Connections. For more student-ran podcasts and digital content, make sure that you visit www.hvspn.com.